Get your daily bread, but also your faith in practice. It's 657 AM, the sounds of your life. And on the line, I'm now joined by Nicole, and I'm so excited because we're talking the pastoral or faith aspect of counseling as referred to in pastoral counseling and pastoral narrative therapy. And now I remember that at some point we did tackle narrative uh, therapy. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's good to be with you again today. Welcome. We are the excited ones. We learn every time we're talking to you. (laughs) And Nicole... How do we deal with faith stories as part of counseling? I think the, the answer is, is simple, really. Um, we welcome their, their telling, we listen to them, and we ask respectful and curious questions. So I, kind of, I love the notion that people are constituted in stories by a God who is a storied God. And Dr. Diane Millis, says it well when she says that listening is an act of love. Mm. So I have a, a deep sense that as we listen to another story, our role is not to interpret the meaning of how God is at work in another's life. Rather, we need to strive to listen for the sacred currents beneath the streams of the person's life. And therefore, as listeners, our intent is not to challenge a narrative, but to invite the teller to dig deeper, to unpack it, to thicken it. Mm. to offer the possibility of considering it from a different perspective. Mm. So uh, for, for, for the work that we do as pastoral therapists, I think the role is to create an environment in which people can tell their stories, yeah. Yeah. Feel, feel their pain and enjoy, and then discover their competencies and their faith in a God who is the author and finisher of all our stories. Mm. And that's why it's called narrative therapy, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Now, now, where do these stories of faith, um, where, where do they surface? I think at, at any time. Um, sometimes people choose to visit a pastoral counselor because there's an unspoken understanding that spiritual aspects of their life are, are welcome. So in, in meaningful pastoral conversations, there is space to connect stories of body, mind, and soul. And some Sometimes people specifically want to talk about God, about Jesus, and and their faith stories. After all, faith relationships constitute a significant relationship in the same way that we have relationships with those around us. Um, And and sometimes those those faith relationships are in a place of consolation or Mm. at other times in a place of desolation. Mm. And people who see us need to be able to explore these stories in, in a safe space with someone. And mm. um, sometimes people are also concerned that the church or God may frown upon a life choice or decision mm. um, and welcome the space to actually be able to explore these. Mm. So in these instances, we together explore the person's image of God and try to understand how, um, for example, that image might be influencing fear of God or fear of punishment, mm-hmm. for, for example. Sure. But what are some of these uh, topics that can be dealt with in a pastoral narrative counseling, Nicole? Um, I tend to find that people bring all kinds of concerns, problems, or or topics to um, a pastoral narrative conversation. And this may or may not include their faith stories. Um, So I I think that pastoral narrative conversations also work well as part of a broader sort of community of care that Mm may include medical professionals as well. Um, So, for example, someone living with depression Mm. who is under medical care, who is also a person of faith, 
may actually seek pastoral conversations in which to understand the relationship of the mental illness in the context of their faith stories. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so I, th- I think we, we generally see a wide spectrum of um, stories that need to be told and shared. But is it always necessary to talk about faith <laughs> if one is a pastoral counselor? Um, will we, as pastoral narrative therapists, also encounter faith stories? Yeah, so working from a pastoral narrative perspective, I think my role is to, to create a space for the person who's seen me, who's with me, to share whatever they feel they might need to. So generally, I will be led by the person I'm with rather than introducing faith into the conversation. So so they lead and you as a therapist, you follow, you go with them. Yes, that's right. So people feel they've been welcomed into a safe space. It comes up in conversation most times. And then sometimes I've encountered people who may feel they need to sort out their, their stuff before encountering God um, and curious questions may help them to challenge that notion that we need to be perfect before God. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. But some are also afraid that uh, scriptures might be used, you know, to make them feel guilty. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to feel uncomfortable. Now, what is it? Take us through a journey of somebody now visiting a pastoral counselor and what they can expect when visiting a pastoral counselor. Mm. The, the I, right I way of doing it, especially because there are those there are those ones who might have experienced um, going to a pastor for counseling, Nicole, only to mm. find that the pastor is just a pastor, not a pastoral counselor. And so dealing yeah. with their matters might have scared them and might have hurt them. So now going to the right one, who is a pastoral counselor, what should we expect? Mm. And, and I think we... In, as a generalization, pastoral counselors have quite a bad reputation for yes. um, for wanting to <laughs> fix and um, and also preaching you know, about it on the pulpit. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So there goes confidentiality right out the window. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I think for far too long, people have had the idea, or perhaps yeah. the experience of being counselled in a very dogmatic or prescriptive way, yeah. in which the counsellor or the pastor then decides what's right and wrong based on their understanding of of, of scripture. Yeah. And some biblical counselling models grant way too much power to the counsellor or the pastor. So in this way, the person ends up being marginalized and disempowered or feels judged, and that leads exactly to to what you were speaking about, feeling as if they've been hit over the head with a Bible. Um, But Jesus taught us another way of being with people. Jesus listened and asked questions, Mm. and he he really never treated people as, as judged outcasts, quite the opposite, in fact. So coming to a pastoral narrative conversation is Uh about um, asking the person what they would like to share and and ask listening. Listening is vitally important. And then questions. Um, So asking questions in a curious, respectful way that don't lead. um, And in so doing, that allows me to respect the person's own experiences rather than bringing my own preconceived ideas or my expectations. Mm. And so kind of holding on to some some just some key values of, of respect and non-judgment and not making assumptions really allows me to listen to someone else's story mm. um, 
rather than being ready Putting to, yourself to in have there. a solution. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But now, yeah. yeah. But now, if somebody says something like, "The Lord spoke to me," mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard him. It was God. He said. So, how should a pastoral counselor now dealing with that case help? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, deal yeah. with such. Uh, yeah. When when it gets to something like. I knew it was God. I have no doubt it was God. Mm, mm. So I, I might be curious and want to know um, how it is that they know it, um, it's God. Okay. Um, you know, how, how is it that God usually um, speaks to them? Um, how, where do they meet God? Yeah. Um, and, and rather than ask cur- uh, curious questions about, about that statement, and, and how does okay. that resonate for you? Do you agree with what God is is sort of telling you, yeah. um, because we we have a big enough relationship with God that we're mm. allowed to ask questions. Mm. Um, yeah, and and I think I feel the same with prayer um, yeah. in sessions um, is concerned. Um, my own stance is that I can never take it for granted that people will want prayer at some point in a session. Yes. So I, I, I will usually ask the person if there is a way they might like to start and end our time together. Yeah. Um, which then invites them to express what their needs are. And I'm not being directed by my own assumptions. Mm. You know, I have a real sense that sometimes partial counseling is, is used almost for evangelizing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. And sometimes mm. when you enter, they just lay hands on you. <laughs> and, yes. So things should be done the right way. And today we are learning that. Um, sure. Yeah. But now, what are some of the first questions that um, a pastor can, a pastor or counselor can ask or uh, me when I go in, but I don't want to open up. I'm not free to open up um, mm-hmm. and st- 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 start, um, um, start sharing my, mm-hmm. my journey or telling my story. And so I don't want to mm-hmm. narrate. I'm like a closed book. So, yes. yeah. So what are some of the questions that he can ask to help me or break the, to help break the ice? So um, I might start by, by asking, you know, how are you today? And um, I'm curious, I'm wondering what brings you to see me today? And is there some way that you'd like to start? Um, just like to start telling me what some of the concerns are that you bring or some of the reasons are that you're coming to to have a conversation with me. Right. And so kind of start from there. And if people say, I don't know where to start, um, mm. you know, then, then I might ask a question um, uh, around that. Well, perhaps you could start by telling me a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Um, so the whole idea is really to put people at ease. Mm. Um, and it's it's amazing how many people come and they're like, Oh, is this what it's about? Mm. Because they were obviously expecting some kind of a um, you know, Bible bashing or a yeah, lecture. Yeah, some judgment. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I was reading, an ar- um, not an article, a status that one uh, pastor, I think it's Pastor Maluka who wrote it. And he actually he was asking men a question, why are men not you know, willing to go for counseling? Um, and different kinds of men started sharing why they feel um, they can't go for counseling. Number one, um, they, they, most of them feel they're already judged before they even mm-hmm. enter the room of the counselor. Um, and mm-hmm. number two, the counselors, most of the times, pastoral counselors, take the side of the woman and not the men. 
The one that stood out for me, the one that stood out for me was a man who said, I'm a man and most of us are not like women who, who know how to use language, you know, who, you, who know how to use um, words and then they just run. You know, I still have to think about it and, you know, deliberate on it and all of that and then start talking. And he says, we are not good talkers. And so we don't go because we don't want to expose ourselves when we get there. And already the woman has got six points and you have none. <laughs> so how can then a, a, a pastoral counselor also encourage in, in terms of men coming out to also get counseling? Because we, have, we see more and more of our men not you know coming through for counseling and yet their mm-hmm. marriages are in shambles yet their mm-hmm. lives are going through a lot so what do what, how can a pastoral counselor um mm-hmm. also also encourage especially those who also had a bad experience before and they already yeah. think they are prejudged already yeah mm. I think, first of all, we're dealing with that social idea that men are strong, um, yeah. you know, men don't don't have problems, um, they don't show emotions. Um, after all, um, a lot of uh, society tells us that, you know, cowboys don't cry and men need to be strong. And so I think it sets a discourse for um, the avoidance of, of any kind of deep, meaningful conversation for some men because it, will, it, it means I might be weak. Um, it means oh. I might actually have a problem. Okay. Um, mm, and then I've also found over the years that the the word counselling or therapy is also like needing to admit that there might be something wrong with me or something that I'm 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 less than perfect about. And so changing that into kind of let's have a conversation. Okay. Um, kind of um, you know it, it um, equalises the power a power base rather than. Um, the counsellor um, is going to be prescriptive and know exactly where your failings are because that's that's not what happens in a, a good pastoral conversation. Mm, 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 mm. Sure. And this is the kind of uh, counselling that is offered by Coramti. You, you, you yes. offer such where it's a good space and you can also... Um, you know, you are safe. When you are there, you are safe and you can tell mm. your story comfortable and and, mm. and and also knowing that um, there is somebody who is listening who's patient and loving um, mm. sure let, let yeah. us let us just sum it up um, and talk to many during this season during this time of COVID-19 many need counseling mm. for different things in their lives they need mm. counseling but they are afraid of coming out and today we have learned uh, ways of how it should be done um, and also that you know you can tell your story um, you're not yes. even going to be judged on that um, yeah. you, it's only going to help you to get to your healing get to your breakthrough whatever that you are seeking for um, in that yeah. counseling but now what do we say for, for those ones that are afraid to come? This is the time where everybody needs counseling so many of us are losing our loved ones as well there's no one yeah. to talk to as well yeah. so um, what, what do we do? So, so I would encourage people to to reach out to places like Coram Deo um, and and ask for a conversation. It, it's somehow less threatening than saying I need therapy. 
Yeah. Um, so to ask for a conversation, just to talk about the space that I find myself in right now with COVID and, and places that, um, you know, offer pastoral narrative work, um, really see that as, as being vital. Let's talk about what it's like. Um, you know, who, who else knows this about you? Um, yeah. Let's find some community of care or some ways that we can assist you in caring for yourself in the space you find yourself in. So it's to reach out. Um, and rather than ask for therapy, I think um, I think the languaging is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ask for, you know, just ask for a conversation. Yeah. And, and whether that happens telephonically, um, a lot of the work we're doing now is happening um, on WhatsApp video, um, on online, on, on platforms like Zoom, yeah. as well as in person. Yeah, yeah. Sure, Nicole, thank you so much. Um, uh, a family member writes, I am going through one, Muruti. I hope it is not weakness. Mm. You want to say something? Quickly before I move on to the next one, you hope that uh, the, the person hopes it's not weakness. Yep. We see. I think society defines for us what they consider weakness and what they consider strength. Yeah. And so, in an, a good narrative part of conversation, you're wanting to deconstruct those ideas. Mm. Um, what What is weakness? Mm. And you know, and, and and offer the person a chance to really understand the problem or the weakness as it's been termed differently. Mm. Okay. And um, Pastor Judy Amguni in Zimbabwe <laughs> and his mm-hmm. beautiful wife, <laughs> Mom Lydia Amguni, is asking, uh, she, she, he wrote and he says, Mrs. Lydia Amguni is asking me to let you know that she is learning a lot. The counseling tutorial is an eye opener. I think, Nicole, you should, we should have a session with you where we can ask you our personal matters. We, we don't mention names on that day. And you just, we, we, we need Absolutely. that. We need that. A session, a proper session. Have, yeah. We can have a listening circle. Yeah, yeah. we can facilitate a listening circle. You know. <laughs> and in closing, um, for those ones that really need counseling um, right now, what are your words of encouragement? Those ones that are going through turmoil for whatever reason mm-hmm. so I, I would encourage them for example to to reach out um, um, quorum Deo um, have have telephone numbers they're on um, Facebook and Instagram as well and and there's an email address that that I could suggest yeah people contact I'll also them. give them the numbers yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and so it's just to reach out um, reach out what yeah. are the dangers of keeping quiet a quick one I think the dangers of keeping quiet is that the problem um, overwhelms us and we become consumed with with the problem. And and even if you don't tell the whole story, you might yes. also explode at some point. Absolutely. That uh-huh. building up of um, feelings and emotions that aren't being recognized, that are being ignored or avoided, that becomes really problematic. All righty then. Nicole, um, I really, I think we, we will need, I definitely believe that we will need a second session with you, but we will arrange that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Apostle M. NCO says, acknowledging a need to help is the greatest strength and counseling is 
way out. Wow. Thank mm. you for that. And and Nicole says, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much. I thought that we would have time to pray for the body of Christ in this regard. Uh, but I think we will arrange a second session with you um, and, and where we can even pray for, for, for brethren when it comes to this mm-hmm. and, and have a, a, a talk and allow those ones who feel like they want to talk to somebody and ask questions. They need a counselor, you know, to address mm-hmm. certain matters. Um, and you, mm-hmm. you just minister with, uh, to them. And I love your voice. I love the love that is so full. Your voice is so full of love and warmth. And so <laughs> we, thank we thank God for such counselors. Thank you so much for giving us a moment. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you. May be gracious to you, give you his peace and give you good success in all that you do. Thank you, and you also, and Thank to everybody you. listening. Thank you, Nicole. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye for now. Get your daily bread, but also your faith in practice. It's 6, 5, 7 a.m. The sounds of your life.